0: of Black Boy Joy podcast. As usual, you're joined by me here, Kieran, and me Ainsley. There we are. And it feels like a very long time since we recorded. Um, (laughs) So we we release every two weeks, but I think it's been a bit of a gap in in recording um, between that last time and this time. Uh, So yeah, it's good to be back, even though there's been no actual like um publishing break. Yeah, it feels nice to be back. Um, one thing before
1: we begin, I bet you thought i have forgotten Kieran. So mm-hmm. it's the 26th of April today. Isn't
0: mm-hmm. it your birthday tomorrow? Is indeed actually. Oh yeah, I was, I was actually going to wait because every year, every year Ainsley and his cousin, who I'm good friends with, uh, they tend to forget all <laughs> they. Have, they have a very- <laughs> Have a very hazy recollection, and they will kind of get it. But I think last year I waited till like five in the evening. I was like, "Oh, it's my birthday today, by the way." Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's more for me to just cause trouble because I'm I'm not a big birthday person at all. Like I don't like a big fuss. I don't enjoy the attention. But you know, I'd, I'd expect my close friends to say something in it. but Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I remember last year um when you told us it was your birthday. It was your thirtieth birthday, no um, mm. so less, and I felt so shame. <laughs> when you had to remind us <laughs> and I knew you'd do the same I knew you'd do the same thing this year so I didn't say anything yeah so in our group chat I never said anything but I remember I haven't forgotten this time okay. so we recorded as I said we recorded today on the 26th of April tomorrow the 27th is Kieran's birthday happy birthday Kieran thank you thank you Ian. thanks for the well wish <laughs> but because you've been keeping it so unlocked you haven't even told me, like, what your plans are to celebrate, if you even have any plans to celebrate.
0: I think, yeah, I know historically, I'll, because I'm not a big birthday person, I used to just always keep it under wraps, like, especially when I was, like we all used to go out in groups and stuff. I didn't really make a fuss about it. Um, so this is what I'm doing this year. Uh, literally, me, a flatmate, and then two friends. Uh, we're just going to be at my place. Um, we're going to go somewhere at first, but it's going to be raining tomorrow, so we thought we're not going to see the beer garden anyway, any It's going to be raining. I'm um, just going to have a few drinks at home. I think I'm going to order some sushi as well from my favourite restaurant in Newcastle. You've um, mm. the we be been there actually, Ainsley. Um, yeah, 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 that one. Saint Sushi, when you came to visit me. Um, yeah, Saint Sushi, very good restaurant, banging restaurant in Newcastle. Yeah, I'm just going to get like a big platter from there, I think. Um, have some drinks and just keep it low key, really. Okay. Uh, but yeah, mm. uh, I, I'm not feeling any different to last year. So I turned 30 in lockdown one um, and that was, that was very anticlimactic and that was awesome. I was happy I was happy was out of the way because um, you've turned 30 last well, last month and you mm-hmm. must've had a conversation about, you know, it being this big milestone that everyone goes on about. And when it was approaching, like, you know, when you hit 26, you don't really think about it. Then once you hit 27 and 28, it's like, Ooh, you know, but start like thinking about that particular like uh, deadline or whatever, or that date, or I don't know what you want to call it. But um, <laughs> If for me, it wasn't a big deal um, the closer I got to it. So when, it was, when I actually hit the numbers, I was like, oh, it's, it's a relief. I don't have to think about, oh, I'm 30 soon. Even though, mm-hmm. uh, even though it didn't mean much to me. Mm-hmm. So you, you feel like it should mean something to you because everyone goes on about it. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I mean, it definitely felt that way. I think I, it, yeah,
0: I think we did
1: make tentative plans or tried to make tentative plans with us that last year, but they weren't, like, they weren't concrete. You do come across, you are the type of person who like, really likes no fanfare whatsoever with um, with your birthday.
0: I don't like the attention, I think that's what it is, Like I get awkward about it. I like to have my loved ones around me, don't get me wrong, but I don't like, you know the idea of someone singing happy birthday to me in like a bar or restaurant, I, I think I just want to die. Like <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thought of it just makes me so uncomfortable, I don't know, right. Like, um, I get that I, I, I do understand
1: what you mean it's um it's the kind of one it's the being centre attention thing which I think both of you both of us sorry um struggle with and it's hmm. that whole idea that when it is your birthday and every, the day dedicated to you what it actually means is that like you're
0: responsible for everybody else's fun if you do something yeah yes yeah exactly no definitely definitely and that's
1: a lot of pressure isn't it
0: <laughs> yeah I don't know I thought you were a birthday person just because you've Had like parties and gatherings and stuff. You know what it is? I think because you just know more people than me. Um, Yeah. So if I think, who am I going to my birthday? Like, really, I'm going to want a handful of people, really. With Mm -hmm. you, it's like a
1: dozen or so. Like, (laughs) I'd say, God, I would say that dozen, like the dozen people I've had at my birthday last year, well, like 2020, I'd Mm -hmm. say that was like a conservative number. So there were more people that I could have invited and more, and some people who I invited and couldn't come. Yeah. But like, I only, like, I don't know. I think that I'm I think that I'm very conservative with the friends and loved ones that I have. So I only have people who are like, I'd consider like, are my people, are close friends of mine. Um, I have been that's the best mm-hmm. way to like, celebrate your birthday. I don't like having it where like, or Tom Dick Harry or this person, that person, go from the office. Yeah. Um or, or, or rolling food like uh, that's not me really i not at all
0: no. I, 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 i've i never been like that i don't think it's an age thing either so i you know some people might be more open to like a big big party when they're young um but even for me when i was you know what late teens early 20s when you think you can go to a club and stuff mm-hmm. i'll still be my people going out um because then i'll be like oh, i don't know anyway so
1: Um, we thought that this week's topic is actually quite a timely one. Mm. We talk, we talk about Black Lives Matter movement, which has taken, which has gathered pace since, um, I'd say about June of 2020, up until now. Mm. And there's lots of stuff in there. So there's Black Lives Matter, there's the protests, there's, um, everything the way it's got in the media, the way we think, um, it's progressed in the in the last 12 months or so. Everything yeah. like that kind of um what we were thinking of discussing today.
0: In the last in the last week or so, we you know Derek, is it Shovan Chauvin? Chauvin, I don't know how to say so, no, I don't really care. But the um, you know, the guy who killed George Floyd, he has been convicted of all three charges of the lead have had. And then yeah. he's gonna be sentenced at some point soon. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't call it a full circle moment, that, that just seems a bit I'm a bit tacky, a bit cheesy, but um, it's again it's timely t- uh, timely to discuss all this stuff, definitely. Definitely. So, where to begin? <laughs> where to begin? Um, there's not much to say about the conviction, is there? I think it was three counts, I can't remember the specific one. There. One was murder, one was second degree murder, and I don't know what the other two were. All I know is the jury reached the unanimous decision, there wasn't much deliberation time either. Um, yeah. It
1: was less uh, than 24 hours, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. I was, you know what? <laughs> you know, when we, everyone was waiting for the verdict, Yeah, it was quite a nerve-wracking time. And for me, this might sound silly, only because, you know, you know, um, with O.J. Simpson's trial? Mm-hmm. From watching The People versus O.J. Simpson, the dramatisation, the, dramatization, um, the um, American Crime Story one, Mm-hmm. Because they had a short deliberation time and he was he was like not guilty on all counts. I kept thinking, mm-hmm. oh what, what if that happened with in this case with Derek? Um, yeah. But yeah. How do you feel about it?
1: I feel relieved. So um just those so the three charges that um Derek Chauvin was convicted of. There's um second degree, unintentional murder. Mm-hmm. And third degree murder as second degree manslaughter. So those right. are the three charges, and as you as you rightly said, he was convicted of all three. And I think that the issue is that, I mean, the problem the thing is with this case with Derek, with the Derek Shelvin case, George George Floyd's uh, murder, is that we all saw it on TV. We all saw him uh, put his knee on George Floyd's neck for nearly nine minutes. We saw him plead yeah. for his life. We saw him start responding, and him still keep his keep his foot, uh, keep his knee on his neck, and still we were not sure whether there'd be a conviction or not. But um, yeah. there's been situations. There's what the Rodney King, for instance, when
0: he was beaten on camera, and they still walked free. And I think, yeah, African Americans are used to you know miscarriages of justice, like blatant miscarriages of justice. Mm-hmm. Where it seemed like the people in charge, I don't even care if it looks dodgy. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so well, so when the verdict did come,
1: but when like, when the verdict when the verdict came, I'm not even going to like it. I was like, I was celebrating like um, like Aston Villa had just won the FA Cup or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the way I was the way I was celebrating was it's like there was some like joyous like momentous occasion that had just occurred. Mm. but then after that kind of all of the joy had kind of just like evaporated because i think at the heart of all of this mm. a man who should be alive is lying dead yeah we all saw like yeah we, like i said we all saw him getting killed and i think yeah i think any 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 kind of sense of satisfaction that, that came from there being some form of justice being served with that guilty verdict I think yeah, not very long for me.
0: I think I wasn't. I kind of felt I was happy that he was he was convicted, but I didn't really feel much beyond that, just because I don't feel like it's going to change anything. Um, yeah, I feel like this could happen, and we could have some. You know, there could be another trial a few mm-hmm. weeks time than mm-hmm. the blatant case of you know racially charged police brutality, and that person. Yeah, like this case isn't setting a precedent at all. I made the yeah. mistake earlier of going on. Um, I think one of the prosecutors had been given, had been interviewed by someone and they are saying they felt sorry for Derek or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a Daily Mail article and I made the, you know, my curiosity kills the cat. I thought, well, let me go look at the comments and it was like, I found what I expected to find of everyone just saying, oh, you know, he did, he did nothing wrong. He's a brave cop doing his duty. Or oh, um, George Floyd had excess levels of fentanyl in his um, in his system. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they try and drag up his, his, you know, his criminal past and everything to, mm-hmm. as if that, Means if that justifies his killing or something like that,
2: mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm.
0: and these are the, thing, the same things that were being said a year ago, and they're going to c- continue to be said. So it, yeah, the only yeah. victory is that I think justice has been served. People in those yeah. comments were Daily Mail They were saying it was a kangaroo court and that um, mm. that didn't stand the chance. And I was like, yeah. oh, like, there's no such thing as a kangaroo court in the United States. I don't think like well, when it comes to a cop, when it comes to a cop on trial, anyway. Mm-hmm, you're, you're right about that.
1: One thing I would say, though, to be honest with you, like, feeling sorry for Derek Chauvin is not the right, is not the right term for me. I think what, because what, uh, that, that trial was televised, and when the verdict was, was, came in, like, cameras were in court, everyone could see it around the world. And I think what I found a bit disturbing is kind of, like, the whole sensationalised, like, nature
0: of, like, the media coverage, yeah, it's it's like some grand spectacle, isn't it? Like, it's yeah, not watching it for information, they're watching it for entertainment, and
1: yeah, yeah, it's like and the focus, they-
0: yeah. The focus is on him when really it's, it's about you know, an innocent man like losing his life when he didn't need to have done so, yeah. And, and
1: like, all of the stuff, like, um, when like, when the verdict was read out, they're doing like a close up shot of like Derek of like Derek Chauvin's face, face and the verdict was being read out and the stuff like that. It's just, like. It was just a bit much for me.
0: It's a bit vulgar, isn't it? I think.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I did find it a bit vulgar. Like I'm like watching it, like as like I said, when the blood like, was read out, I was I was happy. I was happy that justice was served. But after that, it just it kind of just made me just not feel good. It just made me feel a, a, a bit empty, from I'm honest with you, Key. Yeah,
0: I, I didn't I, I don't know, I didn't expect anything of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, in hindsight, if so, remember George Zimmerman, um, his trial for Trayvon Martin, if yeah. he'd be convicted. I would have been over the moon and overjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know why I cared less about this one. I think because you know George Floyd was killed. Yeah, can't come back. And it was it was the same with Trayvon, obviously. But I think with Trayvon, it, I don't know. It resonated with me so much because he was a kid. The person who yeah. on him, me wasn't even in you know, an officer of the law. Yeah. It gets killed and then this dude walks free and like I'll never get over it, ever. That Trayvon Martin case
1: makes me feel sick when I, when I think about it, to be, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. I don't yeah. understand how one man can approach an unarmed teenage boy with a gun, shoot and kill that boy and walk away from that with, like, with, no, with nothing, with no accountability whatsoever. Like, what world do we live in where, where that's allowed to happen?
0: I'm, I'm just sick of it and, you know, we're going to come to the subject of racism inevitably. But similar to what I did today, I was I was looking at Trayvon Martin's case a couple of months ago, I think it was. Um, and I, Again, I made the mistake of going somewhere I knew I wasn't going to find what I wanted to see. Uh, and I went on Reddit mm-hmm. and I saw threads from around the time after George Similman got acquitted mm-hmm. and the amount of people that were sort of in defence of him and saying he did the right thing and stuff and Every, like you, you, what you always get is people trying to play devil's advocate and pretend like race isn't a factor when really, like, you, you can see there's a lot of coded language. Mm-hmm. They exist to just defend the white person who's, like, well, obviously not Zilin because he's not white, is he? But, like, the person who's killed a black person mm-hmm. and we, the question is racial, and momentary, they just defend this. They're, 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 their aim is to sort of try and downplay any kind of question of, oh, is race involved? Yeah. It's always- oh you know that person was a criminal or they did this um, the person who shot them had no choice but to act in self-defence mm-hmm. and they were just following procedure, it's always the case over and over mm-hmm. again and it's, it's with um, Ar- it Ar- Amod Albury, I don't know how to say his name
1: yeah Amod uh, yeah Amod uh, yeah. because yeah.
0: that's another one, again three hillbillies in a truck, in a pickup truck have pursued mm-hmm. this dude again they're not agents of law or anything I think that's a unable on neighbourhood watchers and nonsense like that he was looking at some new houses that were in the process of being built. They think always oh, trespassing, mm-hmm. and then the guy ends up dead. And and all of a sudden, this case of oh, you know, we did what was what was lawfully right, and mm-hmm. it's bonkers. And all this, this, all, all this stuff because we've got cameras these these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can have video footage, and it's still dubious as to whether justice will be will be served or not.
1: Yeah, the worst thing about the armored Arbe case is that. The police let the uh, the people who did it, the um the assailants. The police let them go. The police yeah. let, let, let them go and told the told the family that he had tried to burglarize the burglarize the home, when, yeah. that wasn't the ca- when that wasn't the case.
0: Corruption on every level. Yeah, yeah. they want to see like all the police reports. I think um oh, I really should double checked the name, but the young girl who filmed George Floyd's death,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um her obviously her video was instrumental in, in that conviction. Mm-hmm. And if we'd only had the police reports to rely on, there's absolutely no way I don't think well, Derek Chauvin would have been arrested. Even, he wouldn't have even been arrested in the first place. Um,
1: it's true. No, that that is that there is a truth like I saw something I, it was on it was on Twitter, but there was it was a, a statement by the police on what happened. And the statement by the
0: police does not match the
1: video like whatsoever. Yeah,
0: I know some people who they don't question authority and the police. Like in their opinion, the police are beyond reproach,
2: mm-hmm.
0: They're the bravest you know civil servants that there are, mm-hmm. and uh, what they say and what they do goes. And they can mm-hmm. know because like it's not even even if you take the race element out of it, I think you probably point to every police force on the planet that's going to have corruption in it. Yeah, in in countries where it's pretty much monoracial, it's the same thing. It's like whenever you see a police force, you'll find dirty cops Mm -hmm. and corruption and people closing ranks to get the outcome that they want. Yeah. So I'll never trust police. Never. Yeah. Yeah. Never, ever. Right. Yeah. So
1: it's interesting that you mention the David Martin and George Zimmerman case because of course, that was in two thousand thirteen, and that brought to a which is what ultimately led to the creation of Black Lives Matter or the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. That was started in um, two thousand thirteen. There were um, three people who are basically like the the mothers of, um, of, of Black Lives Matter. That is yeah. Alicia Garza, yeah. um, Patrice Patrice and um, and Opal Opal Tometi. They kind um, they are the ones who came up with the hashtag and who have basically brought well been instrumental in bringing the term Black Lives Matter and the movement into public focus. Yes, and of course now now that we've witnessed uh, George Floyd's murder in um, last year, that's kind of brought the the hashtag, the movement, everything again back to the forefront. So I think it's um it's probably a good time for us to think about like Black Lives Matter and think about like what effect it's had over this last year in terms of like racial injustice and what's been happening in our society.
0: It's mad, you know, because I'm I'm glad you said that because one of the biggest takeaways from 2020, especially the summer, you know, you know, when everyone's talking about George Floyd and the 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 worldwide protests, Mm -hmm. it was just interesting seeing the amount of people discussing the slogan black lives matter and talking about being, talking about it being oh a Marxist organization.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: or the anti-establishment movement. It's interesting that we're talking about that. like it was fresh I was thinking about, well, I'm I've, I've known this phrase and I couldn't pinpoint exactly when, but it would have been around 2013 onwards from like Trayvon Martin's um, time. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the the all, all lives matter argument. And I was thinking we've been talking about this for years. Why, why are people now sort of well, like wading in on the conversation three really sort of basic, basic analyses of, of what's been happening and saying, oh, you know, it's not a problem, we're in 2021 race initiative. That's what annoyed me most of it. Most of all, yeah, now. yeah. Now people coming to the conversation for the first time hadn't done the, the most basic of research and they're using the kind of, you know, the kind of logic people use when they're talking about the, the latest football match. They're using that to talk about race and systemic injustice and police spirituality. And I don't know, that's why, I kind of clocked out the conversation. I was just a bit overwhelmed at the time um, last year in mm-hmm. summer. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel about it?
1: <laughs> well, I would say so, so. Like I said, it was uh, it was around 2013 that that Black Lives Matter became like became a movement, a hashtag, however you want to describe it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I would say that there has been some progression from then. Because when Black Lives Matter, when the hashtag or when the movement first started, the main thing against that was the whole All Lives Matter All Lives Matter thing as a kind mm. of like a counter to Black Lives Matter. Which of course is still here now, but I feel like people under people understand most people understand that like that's not a major talking point anymore about All Lives Matter because so people understand that's not what it is. Mm. Now the conversation has moved on to. But that matter, as you mentioned, being a Marxist organisation, um, trying to be anti-establishment, doing this that or, or basically um, trying to yeah, trying to <laughs> um, to upset the way that the way that we live our lives, the way that um, society is one at the moment. So I think yeah, I think there has been some. I'd say probably not enough progression mm. um, since it has been what a good eight years. A good seven or eight years since since it first started to now, but there has been some.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think even even though I was sort of lamenting how people, well, a lot of people just didn't really get it at all. It was nice that so many people did did get it, and some people did care as well. Yeah, but following following George for death, it was it was it was crazy to see people like across Europe, sort mm. of all over the world, doing protests and supports. Um, it's strange, I think, from our perspective, we, if we follow like several different cases of um, you know, injustice in, in the times of Trayvon Martin or Sandra Bland or Philando Castile, oh, we Freddie Grey, people, yeah. yeah, like there's endless, endless, um, endless examples, we were mm-hmm. quite, always kind of used to it. Mm-hmm. And then I don't think what was it with George Floyd that sort of brought everyone's attention to it, I'm not sure. Um, it, I don't know if it's just the length of time that it was filmed and how it was like it sort of died slowly, I guess. Maybe that maybe that was it. But it was a reason really I that think, was funny taking him seriously, like on the international level. I guess. Yeah,
1: I would argue it just because one, that it was filmed for as long as it was as long as it was, and two, because I don't think there's anything that the police or anyone could hide behind to try and justify his, justify his killing. Mm. I think that I think that I think that's probably one of the reasons why it has kind of like caught the imagination of people around the world really because like it's such a blatant case of police brutality that was filmed from beginning to end there there really was no leg for anyone to stand on there really is no like as we saw from the trials there really is no defense that you can mount that could justify those killings I mean because it was so blatant it's why it it has stirred up so many emotions in
0: people Mm. I mean some people I mean obviously people have tried to defend it like (laughs) well They'll try to defend anything people with a certain mindset. Like, mm-hmm. without, uh, but, um, but there are yeah, some certain people in the world that will, that
1: will defend anything that the police do or defend any kind of racist action against black people and try yeah. and diminish what we're saying or try to play down um, what it is that we've experienced and what's happened to us. That, that will happen that, that with anything that, anything that we see. There are people who, who deny the Holocaust or who, um, who try to play down the effects of slavery or colonialism.
0: Oh, yeah, it's like every day in Britain, isn't it? I think. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, what I try kind to of pin it down to is it's kind of it's a mixture of fear. It's mm-hmm. a mixture of hatred. And I think the main thing is a case of people deep down, they know something is wrong and things aren't adding up and things aren't right. But it's a case of they don't want the hassle of having to... You know, if things were to actually change, we would actually get rid of white supremacism uh, once and for all, which I don't think is going to happen in our lifetime. It would. It just means the world as we know it would be turned upside down on its head, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people don't want that. And the way things are kind of works for them. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's exa- I think that's exactly what it
1: is. Is that the way things are does work for them? So then, then so if you're a white person, you're in a position of privilege. You don't want that. You're not going to want to change, are you? I
0: guess. Yeah. It's um. It's interesting.
1: So, what are you? So what are your opinions on the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter movement? Like now, like as it, as it currently stands or current formation?
0: See, I'm, I'm not sure what the movement's particular aims are, other than sort of highlighting injustice when it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, because I always be more engaged in the slogan, I guess, because there are, always, there are always lots of dubious arguments about what the actual movement, like you know, the official organisation, are up to and what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, it's just, I don't, I'll I, try to work out how do we affect change? Um, like, I, th- I think we, we need the movement. Mm-hmm. Like I'm happy to protest when, like, mm-hmm. when, it, when, 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 like, when the need arises. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the sort of, it was like a wave of tokenism we we saw, like, following, you know, following, like, the prominence of Black Lives Matter. Like, uh, I don't know, how do you feel about, you know, the, um, in the Premier League, kneeling before the start of every match—I just things like that—it I, I feels like an empty gesture for me. I, I don't see what they're trying to convey.
1: To be honest it, with you, i i i i liked um I liked seeing being played of Neil because of how angry it made it made racist, basically.
0: Oh well, yeah, there's yeah, there's that element to be fair. It, just for like the hilarity of you know seeing of, of people just having giving them something to moan about. Yeah, um, but then uh, I, I thought. Are they still doing it now? Actually, They were the last time I checked, but I'm not sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I'll, so.
1: I think what they've done, I think they've just basically they've, they've left it up to the players. So anyone who wants to, they will, and anyone who doesn't, then then they can then um, they can stop. But I think the referees give like give like a couple of moments to anyone who wants to kneel or or, or not.
0: Yeah. So. I know it's the movement itself. I I want to get more involved in it. To be fair, I'm sure there may be things I can do at this this part of the country, but I need to be in London really, like just yeah, to, just to, to see what change there can be for someone like you know who's struggling from some from from some kind of a systemic racial injustice. Yeah, to be for them. Yeah, I, don't, I feel a bit ineffective, and I'm thinking, what does that movement do, and what can people do to get involved? or so, like, what are we we know we're fighting for, like in the long term, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's sort of short term, what can be done? That's that, that's the part that I'm not really understanding, I guess. Yeah,
1: I think so. Um, there is a person like one of um one of Twitter's heavy hitters. Have you heard of Femi Oliwale?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, is an odd one, any like he he's he does talk a lot of sense, but then he's also quite controversial because sometimes he doesn't want to shut up. But well, um, he's, he's controversial
1: respect- because he's very anti Brexit. I don't know that you're pro-Brexit, so you will find it controversial.
0: No, I don't find it controversial because of that. Because when, like, sort of before the referendum and after, I used to follow him anyway, even as a Brexiter at the time. Um, mm-hmm. I think, to be fair as well, my views on Brexit have kind of chilled, to be fair, like, um, yeah. What I was going <laughs> to say, cause I feel like
1: there has been just, like, a very, a, a big conflation on Black Lives Matter, on, like, people's interpretation of it here in the UK and in the US especially yeah. here in the uk when i hear like a lot of commentary on black lives matter they treat it as if it's a political party like black lives matter like it's a political party like they have uh they have politicians who are going who are going around door to door trying to convert people to the to the gospel of black lives matter or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. and um i saw Femi on the right stuff and he said that like saying that you support black lives matter black lives matter it's kind of like saying that you're conservative with a small C. So it means that, like, you agree with the aims or principles, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you like that you like you you sign up wholesale to like any police any any particular party, yeah. yeah like like party or, or affiliation That's it. a with analogy,
0: Yeah. To clarify, <laughs> I do like Femi, by the way. I've, I've never like had a problem with him at all. Like, he's, like, yeah. <laughs> I only, like only apart from like there was one time on Twitter when he um he was. He, he misinterpreted one of Martin Luther King's phrases, and he was arguing with him, one of Martin Luther King's daughters. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Mate, please just take a back seat." But I think he's a good voice to have, and he triggers the right people as well. Yeah, um, again, yeah. Time. if not, if nothing if for nothing else for that alone,
1: like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that like Black Lives Matter as a movement, I kind of think that like it's just I think it's like an old like, the way people descri- describe it. It's just a complete oversimplification on like on what the movement is, what its aims are, what it is to do. But, like you could ask, you could ask two people what they think about Black Lives Matter, or even people who support it, and they might say different things. And ultimately, what it just means when you say Black Lives Matter is that just that you like basically that you understand that there have been injustice against black people and that you want them to change and that they're very, they're very notion of, of those three letters black lives matter it's just you trying to assert that and in turn trying to trying to be at least some small part of something that would help the tide of change so black lives will be on the same footing as others
0: and also um when you're saying people sort of misunderstand it i don't think they do i think they kind of is it's wishful thinking in their head they it's like they want it to be like an an organization of hate. So they can mm-hmm. so that they can, they can dismiss it and don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um and they can mischaracterize it. Mm-hmm. Because it's all the all the you know the famous right right wing pundits on Twitter and all like, you know, that, you know, the usual suspects in the media, um, they're always going about the organization. Whereas mm-hmm. I've always said like the average person who is involved with Black Lives Matter, it's more about the slogan and literally. The thinking behind that phrase, rather than mm. the actual organisation. And I yeah. think it's like they try and and they know what they're doing as well. Like they conveniently try to make it sound like every, like everyone's subscribed and like paying money to this one one this one organisation. Yeah, has extreme views. Yeah, um, and and they know really that's not the case really. And we all they'll like no at this point we've been discussing it for so many years now. They know that when we say black lives matter, it's not saying that no one else lives matter. It's saying that they should black lives matter. Should matter. As much as everyone else's lives clearly do, mm-hmm. um, and so I've kind of I don't know I've, I've, I think I've muted all Lives matter on Twitter. So like um, I just literally can't be bothered with like with the disingenuous arguments. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's I don't I know very little about the organisation. I've, I've heard some bad things about their funding and um, some of their sort of political views, but what they've given birth to is what I'm interested in, which is this movement where you know we can all sort of come together you can see people from across the world supporting like the idea of us getting equality before the law um, Mm -hmm. sort of housing sort of economically you know Mm -hmm. an even footing like we're not asking for much you know what I mean (laughs) yeah
1: yeah one of the core I'd say cornerstone things that people say about Black Lives Matter or I guess like um, uh, slogans phases policies I guess that gets the most traction for good and bad reasons, is the whole um, the whole notion of defunding the police. I know um, at when I was at the protest last year, there were a lot yeah. of um, a lot of placards saying it. We hear it a lot, especially in social media. Yeah, i was wondering, like, what do you think about that, Kira? Like, what do you think of the phrase defund the
0: police? So I know, so I know what it means. Yeah, um, I've always said I think it's a ridiculous phrase. It mm-hmm. makes the the phrase makes make sense once it's been explained and once you've read it up, which is fine. However, I think I saw someone put it very well on Twitter like recently, like just from a, a purely from a marketing perspective, it's just not a good phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some a lot of people retort with, oh, you know, we need to do research and like you know, Google it. I'm thinking, well, that's all very well, but if you're trying to get people to, you know, come to your cause, then the packaging needs to <laughs> be a bit clearer. And I think obviously it's about it's about sort of redistributing funds that, that we see as wasted in the police, which I'm all, all for, like, you know, moving things into, um, moving money to social workers, for example, or money to health or mental health professionals, for example, where the police aren't really sort of effective in those particular areas. And there's mm-hmm. lots of other areas as well that, that it refers to. But just the, the phrase defund the police, it sounds like give the police less money or it, it sounds like abolish the police. I think yeah. was some kind of police force. Um, I think... Well, especially America needs a major, major police reform, but they just sound like empty words, though, because it's like, well, how long has have they been trying to reform the police? Is it ever going to happen over there? Over here, yeah. um, again, we could do with some kind of police reform, but just the words defund the police. I, it, we're not going to win many people to our court cause with that slogan. Um, and people can be as sort of self-righteous and belligerent as they want about it and say, oh, you know, we need to do research, but I'm like, I'm like well, it, it, it's. It's a bit of a crap phrase, unfortunately. Oh, like, we understand it once you look it up, but it needs to be clearer from the get-go. Mm-hmm.
1: I also disagree with, well, I don't like the phrase, the phraseology, defund the police or abolish the police, because it does give the impression as if like people who are abolitionists or who have been fighting or been advocating for this change of policy, it kind of sounds as if they're just wanting like, criminals to be roaming the streets Mm-hmm. and then end the police force when obviously it's much yeah. more complicated than that <laughs> but it, yeah. it is like it, it and one thing that really baffles me is like when you get people like pundits on tv like against it say so like making the argument that like people who say defund the police just want criminals around when that just clearly clearly isn't even what it is in the same saying
0: playing to the audience, so I think that's like a lot of the media is a circus here, especially with mm-hmm. the like with the right wing pundits, like you, Julia Hartley Brewers, yeah. What's his name? Yeah. Like, what's his name? The, 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 the Nick Ferrari is it from LBC? Yeah, right? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. not
0: like just, they just they know like they're not they're not stupid people at all. Like I think what the terms of grifters these days isn't it like grifter? Like I think people are mm-hmm. doing something for for clout or to appeal to a certain audience. um like they know what it is, but they, it's like they're just their career rests on sort of stirring up their fan base to, you know, like the aim seems to be just to keep things as they are, basically. Like, that's their end goal at the time. It's just like yeah. any, any kind of movement that threatens the status quo needs to be shut down. Yeah. Or just try and act like people are being, well, the other side or well, the left is being ridiculous and sort of hysterical mm-hmm. um, to try and discredit us. Yeah. I, um, I, I do
1: agree with that. One thing I'd say is that like, the, I would, the phrase, be from the police, what well, abolish the police, those two phrases in particular, I, like you say it's bad marketing because like it gets so much negative press, but at the same time, it, it's effective marketing because everyone is talking about it. And I think it's one of those. do you not think mm. it's one of those things that like, people who are amenable to the idea, of, of reforming police, reforming the way that people think about like um, law and order and crime and justice and things like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Those will
1: be the people who you would uh, say that to and you would you would um, convince or you, you can get them to get to do their own research so that they can be educated on it. Then there are a lot of people who have knee-jerk reactions to it they never were going to in the first place.
0: Oh, you make a good point, yeah. I'd not, I'd not thought of it like that before. I guess it's kind of um, it's a striking phrase. So, like anyone who's interested in it would would go out of the way to find out some more information. And yeah. But the, like, the, the ones who would never agree with it anyway. Like, you know the um you know the great British bootlickers who just love any kind of anything in authority. Um, yeah. <laughs> they love the Metropolitan Police and like you know the police force across the whole country as well. Yeah. Um, like they, they they'll, they'll be on board with it at all, and it's but yeah, but that mentality is so deep like it, it can't it's like it's it's like it's um invulnerable that uh, mm-hmm. that mentality in the country of just like oh you know it's a policeman like you know their word is law they're never wrong they can do what they want like I don't know it's it's like people living like their totalitarian, totalitarian fantasies isn't it like why, <laughs> the, why, why. yeah. So, it's a sickness I think I say it's a lot because I know like a couple of people like who I've become friends with and sort of got on the vibe that that's what they're like, like a bit later down in the line. Um,
1: yeah.
0: like talk about like police kind of resonates with me because I kind of think, oh yeah, that's what such and such is like is, is like, and it just yeah, it just gets me annoyed. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um yeah, so anyway, back on to like this whole deep on the police issue. Like I said, like at first. It just didn't sound right to me, but the whole idea of kind of like reallocating funds from the police force into kind of like dealing with, um, with like society and social care, so you can try and end like end the like end crime or the causes of crime.
0: Yeah,
1: makes sense to me. Like um, that as kind of like as a way forward to go in how you can create a kind of like a more fair a more just a society where there isn't a need for police does make sense
0: yeah like so it's kind of trying to tackle problems at the root at the root rather than try and deal with it when it's already a problem and
1: yeah because um, I, I guess you can both because you can make the argument now is that the way that um, the justice system or not the justice system but like policing etc is that you are oh, like you want to punish people Committing their crime basically. So you want to capture, you want to capture criminals, you want to punish them, you want to send them to prison for this amount of time. But it is not, it is not being a deterrent. It is terrorizing communities, and that aggressive over policing is what is forcing people to be more aggressive than they would have been before.
0: Well, yeah, because it's it's not a deterrent, is it? Because uh, another thing, you know, because it me of when people talk about stop and search and they think that's the answer to all the knife crime in London, mm-hmm. but then Sort of the, the rates of stop and search, like it's, it's not proven to have any effects on the crime rate. And it's not, it's not even proven to sort of um, uncover people carrying weapons either.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it it's, does is just yeah. annoy people like, who would get targeted. Like, yeah. Like, like,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, like the whole idea of doing it, like I said, it, like, it, it, it does make sense. And of course, there have been abolitionists, people working towards defund the police long before, uh, long before we saw George Floyd get murdered. But because mm-hmm. it gained so much traction now, it's why it has like kind of like entered mainstream consciousness.
0: I don't... It's weird like I don't... I do like the idea, but I just can't see it ever catching on. Um, it definitely will catch on over here. There's no way, like, in the UK. I think we could make the case for the services we talk about, sort of social services, mental health services, we can make a case for them get receiving more money once this government's out of the way. But, it but I think,
1: be but I think that's like that's how you start things like this. Like it's they're never going to be like they're never going to be like a new government that comes in and introduces like sweeping changes that would never happen. But they can be <laughs> incremental changes. Yeah, and I think at the moment, I mean. The whole idea of defunding the police, I, I think um, I could be incorrect here, but I'm sure that's taken from like, from American activism or from American like, abolition, like um, abolitionists. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. I had, I was looking the other day, literally on the Wikipedia page where defunding the police and they were mentioning um, W.E.B. Dubois. I think they yeah. Du Bois, but it looks French. Yeah, Du Dubois, because it looks like a French word, a French mm-hmm. name. Um, I think he he's made mention of it in, in his writings, and um, Angela Davis mentioned it in the sixties apparently as well. Because mm-hmm. um, I guess it is kind of well, a, it's, it's a very light sort of left wing idea, but I like it. It's um, it makes sense because it is. Mm-hmm. It's, I think the police force and you know, the prison system, especially in America but over here as well, it's not, not really about rehabilitation. It's just about punishment. Um,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: Because you can you can punish him at PP1, but it's not gonna stop the production at the, at, the, at, the other, at the other end, is it? Yeah. Um, so if you actually want to call like, you know, deal with the problem, you need to get it at the root, mm-hmm. which would be investment in these in sort of several services. Mm-hmm. Um I think the main one that was comes to my mind is life crime in London, which I will probably get imposter syndrome about because it's one of those one of those areas that I, I literally do not know how the problem will be solved. Like it blows my mind. Um well, just, it, like the problem will be solved by do by having direct action
1: in the communities like um that like for instance like stop and search and um and imprisoning mm-hmm. people who to commit crime is not stopping is not stopping the reason why people are carrying knives in the first place reason why people are committing crimes in the first place it's only like surrounding all these people and punishing them for doing it mm-hmm. Remember, London isn't the only city that's had a, that's had a knife crime epidemic. Um, Glasgow's had the same one um, as as London has had, and that and that's what they that's what they did. They had a direct they had a, a direct involvement in the community mm-hmm. to try solve the issue, and that needs to ha- that's what needs to happen in London. But um, I'm not an expert on this, so. I won't, um, I won't delve too, I won't delve I too deep into we, it. Maybe
0: we can talk about it at some point in the future when we like look into it properly. I, I think that would be a good idea, actually. Because um, it's, like, it's, it's, it's been around for, like I think I've been aware of it since we were like probably in school, I guess. Like mm-hmm. uh, and It's only gotten worse in the last 10 years. Um, but yeah, going back to stop and search not working. Also, you know when you get people saying, oh, you know what it should be like, if you're caught with a knife, it should be like instant five-year prison sentence, as well as that like, being ridiculous. Um, Yeah. It's the case of well, people just wouldn't get caught. So (laughs) it wouldn't affect anything. Yeah. Um, and 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 again it's when people try and say, oh, you know, it's about the it's about the home environment, it's about the parents not being there. And I think in this day and age of social media and everyone with a smartphone in their hand, I think you can be a parent with the best will in the world who gives your child a loving home. Mm-hmm. They could still end up in a gang without your knowledge. Kids are very good at hiding things from their parents. Yeah, um, you'd have to have your kid under lock and key That's the only way to stop it from happening. Yeah, and if you live you know, in in one of these like in like one of the most deprived sort of boroughs in London, yeah, it's, like, sort of everywhere. Yeah, it's like for some men, some black men, it looks like inevitable like, as kids if they get recruited into it. Um, yeah, I just and, think like like I said. Or arguments like that are just take
1: like I said, it's just like an oversimplification mm. on on a complex issue. There are reasons why why people carry knives, the reasons why people enter gangs. Like it's not okay. like it's like people go on like um, the way that people speak to the people speak about like um, gang activity as if like the kid just on the street one day and they're like, you know what, on like, let let's just run a gang and yeah, let's start let's start running running drugs. Have you yeah. met? him? life, <laughs> like, like 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 a gold like, on that
0: Yeah, it's always people that probably have no contact with the black community are always saying this as well. That's that's always fine. So
1: yeah, but and nah, obviously yes. yeah, obviously it's not nearly as simple as that, is it? Nope. But yeah. Anyway, I'm changing the subject slightly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, obviously, like Black Lives Matter, George Floyd's murder, everything like that um Has, I guess what should we say or least a certain type of activism both in like our social media sphere and with like lots of companies who like I don't know they've changed their hashtags they've released statements into I don't know like actually being aware of anti-black racism and doing something to change it. Mm-hmm. Do you think um do you think anything has changed for, anything has changed since then or from any of that?
0: No, from or oh, from the great wave of black squares to me. Um, yeah. Any old vex that day, you know. Right. I understood that some people they probably never ever talk about like race and issues like that ever. When mm-hmm. I saw certain people like just, just putting a black square on Instagram, I was like, well, why, like why even bother? Like, yeah. I don't know. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. It, it's just ridiculous. I don't like empty gestures in general. Like, yeah. a black square on, on Instagram, I don't understand it. What, what does that mean? It, it's just, it's a stupid idea. Um, yeah. But yeah, around that time, there were so many companies that were coming out with statements about stuff and I had really wanted to change and I think that's positive. It's really hard to to say what the follow up's been like because that would be for that company to deal with. Maybe they have like publicised what what they had, but um, I don't know. It's I, I heard one company they bought like all their employees a copy of um, Rennie Edelodger's book. Uh, Why I'm no Why I'm no longer talking to white people about race. Yeah. Someone said like uh, their company bought everyone a copy, and then subsequently returned the copies and they decided, oh, actually, no, people don't need to read this. Instead, it, it was just a case of like you know you know, like a corporate game of keeping up with the Joneses more than anything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. There's some people that actually do care. and um, Some companies that I know are the ones that are more ethical anyway. But yeah. um, I don't know, it just, it just annoys me. Uh, mm. I, I don't, don't want to be cynical, but it's. I feel like, if are you doing this because you actually want to change or are you doing it because you just want to be seen to look good?
1: Yeah. I think now that we're like pretty much uh, almost a year one from that. You can mm-hmm. tell, like you can always you can always tell the people who are doing that performative allyship bullshit is because,
2: <laughs> like,
1: on their um, on their Instagram, like let's say before their black tile, they have like what a thousand selfies or like a mm-hmm. picture of them and their girl that brunch, yeah. And then they post their black square and it's gone back to their selfies, basically,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's also some people that delete the black square, I remember. Um, I remember particular accounts. I went back and the future, the black square was gone. I was like, oh, yeah. man, was it ruining the aesthetic, or was it? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but to be honest with you like, you, like, whether you have the black square or don't have the black on, I don't care. I don't give a shit. Like, there are people who are doing, like, there are people, white people, who are doing good anti-racist work don't um who don't have the have the black square black tile on, like no, I'm, not, I'm not
0: on the back either.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like to be honest with you, I side eye more people that have that black square one, especially if you are the type of person, man. Like like I said, like the people that I was just describing, where like all, all your Instagram is just selfies or just you're just like you're doing really really self indulgent shit, and then like that one square is that is that black tile, but that tells mm-hmm. me that that you're not an ally that like you're not really here for it. you just want people to see um how good you are and how down you are for the cause so you'll put you'll yep. put this back Thailand. you'll add a hashtag and then it's just business as usual for you isn't it
0: oh exactly yeah yeah um, i've got to say that was a, an incredibly smelly period that was, was i was just clocking some people that i've known in real life who you know I've always gotten a bit of a funny vibe from them. And then I saw them with the Degga Degga Black Square. I was, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's I was like, you need them, I'm like,
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't, uh, yeah. Want, I don't want to feel too critical because so, some people might think, oh, they need to do something, but what can I do? Oh, I know. And so, and so I can kind of empathise with them from that aspect. They, they feel like they need to do something and maybe that's the little that they can do, I guess. But just the whole concept of of some... It, it just felt like some empty gesture, like another social media Thing um, that you do because everyone else is doing on social media, and it, yeah, I think because it's so heavily tied with what I don't like about social media, it just annoys me even more. Basically,
1: when people want to know what they can do, what well, that's not just an empty gesture. Like one thing I always say to people is that, like, if there's something that you want to do, is to take responsibility for um, for dealing with racism in your own circle, in mm. in fear mm. that you have influence in, and quite after, a lot of the time. That starts with you so if you're a white person and you want to help honestly one one pick up a book and read and you should probably do some work to root out maybe some racist thinking in your own mind yeah and then if there is racism in your family if you work for a company where there, where there have been major racist policies maybe you have known uh, a black person or an Asian person have been treated differently to someone who is not, not black, who is white, and you're in to do something about it. That is, that is when you need to be stepping in and do something yeah. about it and say something. Because someone, if you're a white person, you are going to be in a, a much more protected position saying something about it than we ever
0: will be. And luckily, because white people listen to other white people as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Especially when it's about race. So. Yeah. But, like, the whole thing that,
1: like, well, I, I, you hear it a lot of times, the whole idea that, like, racism will always continue as long as white people feel like they need to empathize with it rather than do something about it.
0: Yeah. It's always a case of, it's like a few moments, obviously, like, standards came out. It's not all white people, obviously. Standards came thrown in. It's always a case of um, listening while someone talks about racism. Like, oh, that's really bad. Yeah. and But then, so they just, waiting for the subject to change and yeah back
1: to normal like um <laughs> yeah that's not that's not good enough that's not that's not good enough but I was gonna say I have much more respect for people that do that do the work of like I said when you're in a position to do something you do something rather than like doing doing any any performative bullshit yeah I don't
0: know about you it's, it's made me question some friendships I have as well like that whole period back. Um, like last year in 2020, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just felt more radical in the sense I was thinking: if you're not down for this course, like I don't, you don't need to be my life. Like, yeah. Um, and I think I will be taking that going forward, just because it's it's too it's too fundamental issue to have people who are passive on it or who feel uncomfortable, like feeling uncomfortable. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's it, like it's it, it's part of life. Uncomfortable conversations are, but when you live in the country where the culture is avoiding comfortable conversations Mm -hmm. and just make you want to sort of bang your head against the wall sometimes but then I think well really need to sort of just vet who I'm like giving my energy to and who I'm spending time with Mm -hmm. Um, To be honest with you like my immediate
1: circle I haven't had any issues with like I haven't like anyone that I consider like a friend or close friend of mine especially white people I haven't seen them acting off or or, um, I haven't witnessed any of them acting off (laughs) if they had then we would have had a conversation about it and I do think actually one thing I would say is that when we are talking about race and we are talking about things to do with identity so race and sexuality and things like that people who want to be an ally or who are in in the dominant group if they want to help they are going to make mistakes they are going to do things wrong they are going to say things wrong they're going to do the wrong thing and so it's never going to be though, with me i i i don't want to make it a situation where like i'm just coming down on you or i'm trying to make you feel stupid or like yeah
0: yeah never never that there's never to chastise anyone or anything like that it would just yeah. be like i don't know anyone who's trans for example um, mm. and if i if i gained friends who were trans for example like i would i probably would put my foot in my mouth at certain times or there'd be things i wouldn't be aware of but then it's not a case of being like, oh, don't engage because I'm going to say something wrong. It's just like, you know, being open and learning.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think to be fair, actually, like, as black people, because you kind of, you're aware of racism from quite a young age, as mm-hmm. a form of discrimination. In mm-hmm. general, usually you're, you know, you're quite sort of, your mind's a bit more alert to people with differences mm-hmm. and learning about the differences rather than just dismissing the differences and being like, oh, they're just strange, right? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah you think Obviously, that. There are of black people are
1: like that, of course, but, like, yeah it, 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 yeah. It yeah, yeah. You'd think, like I said, you'd think that, but there are plenty of black people who, whew, and where, yeah, I don't want to go. I, I that's know, that's that another episode, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um. yeah. Um, so, we've come to that time in proceedings that we discuss our spotlight, mm-hmm. um, Our total spotlight this week is about the La Sufria volcano that erupted in St Vincent that was on the 9th of April 2021 this year. Um, I actually think that for it being like, it happened for the first time since 1979, I really haven't seen it. On um, in well, in media much at all. I think I've seen it more on Twitter than I have like yeah. in like BBC News or anything like that.
0: It's not been mainstream at all now. Um, yeah, I was checking. Um, I could be wrong, but I was under the impression that they're an ex. I, I hate the word. I hate the word, but are they an ex-colony of Britain? Yeah, I was going to say. So, I, I, as I thought, they are. Well, they they are in the Commonwealth. I hate that word as well. And like an ex-colony, of so I expected, even though it's a small nation, I did expect a bit more news coverage than there has been. But I think it just it just goes to show again that nobody cares about black lives for some part of the world, particularly as well. But, yeah, or
1: yeah. well, like people only care about the Commonwealth when it when it goes back to like British imperial greatness and all of that jingoism. When mm-hmm. it like, comes to helping people from that from that Commonwealth, then things get silent. But anyway, well, exactly. It's
0: just yeah. Before <laughs> we <pulled> go <laughs> down that <another laughs>
1: <top.
0: laughs> So yeah, according
1: to um, UNICEF, um, between sixteen thousand to twenty thousand people have been evacuated, and there have been relief efforts that have been started um, in the country. So there have been mm. efforts from uh, from UNICEF, from the UN, and lots of other. Um, other organizations and also other uh, Caribbean um, islands who have also donated money and resources and equipment to try and help the people people there.
0: So we did have a look around if to see for any GoFundMe's or any kind of obvious charities where we could send money. Um, we couldn't be sure that the places that we found were 100% legitimate. They seemed like it, but. It's one of the situations where we want to be—we want to be certain before advertising different places on the podcast. Um, so on this occasion, we're not going to go forward and say, "Oh, send you money here," or go "Visit this page." Yeah, so I, I might, I myself might donate, but again, as I said, I didn't feel comfortable about broadcasting certain gold just because we weren't sure of how um, authentic they were. So at this point, it's us sending our thoughts and prayers to our, um, to our brothers and sisters in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Um, fortunately, it doesn't sound like it's been a case of many casualties um, this time around, um, but people have been displaced from their homes, sort of left without somewhere to live, like evacuated to near the Caribbean islands. Um, so just a lot of disruption, basically. So we um, send thoughts and prayers across to those people. Yeah.
1: Um, I echo those sentiments as well. I
0: believe so, yeah. It's been another heavy episode, but in a good way, you know. Things yeah. to discuss that are, you know, nice about nice conversations with, as well as uncomfortable conversations. I always say so. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely.
1: Um, we are Black Boy Joy podcast. Um, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, any any good. Uh, Streaming places you get you get podcasts from. Follow us on Instagram at BlackBoyJoyPodcast, on Twitter at BlackBoyJoyPod that's B L K B R Y pod And yeah, that's that's it. Oh, um, any questions or comments? Of course, you can email us at BlackBoyJoyPodcast
0: at gmail.com so, uh, thanks for listening, guys, and everybody, take care until yeah. next time. Um,